Super Talk Mississippi media production. Week three of our opponent preview series as we work back to front to uh, the start of the season. We're talking about the Missouri Tigers making their first ever trip to Starkville since the, uh, they joined the conference. And here on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, we've got Peter Ball. He covers the uh, Tigers for the Athletic. And Peter, I won't, I won't be around the bush. I'll just tell you. Missouri is the team in the SEC I know the least about. Now, obviously, you know, it's, it's probably because State hasn't played them since 2015. They've only played them one time, so they just don't come up on my uh, my radar that, that often. In, in, I don't know, 100 words or less, sum up this Missouri team in 2020 for me. Oof, okay, yeah. Well, it makes sense that you, you might not know as much about them as other teams with them being in the East and all. Um, I would say this is a team that has a new coach and a new, I guess, they're trying to instill a new outlook on things um, with an inexperienced offense and a defense with a lot of potential led by um, one of the best linebackers in the country, Nick Bolton, is, I guess, the 100 words or fewer version of, of the Missouri Tigers. All right. Let's look about quarterback because, obviously, you know, last year Kelly Bryant came in. Looks like, from what I can tell, you know, checking your article that you wrote, you know, back in the spring, back when everything was still sort of normal, that it looked like Sean Robinson was might, might have an, op, an opportunity, you know, another transfer there to, to be the number one guy this year. Is that who you expect to be the starting quarterback from Missouri this season? That's who I would expect, but I think there's also a lot of room for change just because we um, – the coaches haven't really seen these guys play much. I mean, because this is a new – a completely new offensive staff and a new head coach in Elijah Drinkwitz who's, who's also – working as offensive coordinator. And Sean Robinson is a guy that I think has a lot of potential in that the physical tools have always been there. I mean, he was a very highly recruited kid out of high school, and he showed flashes at TCU of being a really good quarterback uh, his sophomore year uh, when he started the first seven games of the season. The, the tough thing for him was just injuries and staying healthy, and I think he got, he got kind of beaten down. He had a shoulder injury that was really bothering him his sophomore year. And the, um, the coaching staff, Gary Patterson, the TCU coach, said that he thinks his confidence might have been shaken because of that. And so he kind of had this whole past season to, I guess, recharge mentally. Um, and now it's kind of a, a mystery of how he's going to be. I mean, there's potential he could be really good. There's potential he could be average like he was at TCU. It's, it's just really, it's really hard to say. I think if Missouri can get a similar level of production to what Kelly Bryant did the first half of last year before he started to deal with his injuries, I think Missouri would take that, um, at least for his first year as the starting quarterback. The other name to watch, I think, is Connor Bazelak, who was a true freshman who, or he was a true freshman last year and played in three games, including starting the, the season finale against Arkansas when Kelly Bryant was hurt. Um, and he's a guy that has a lot of potential. He, he showed a lot of poise in the pocket in the games he was in, but he tore his ACL in that Arkansas game. So he should be cleared now, and he's kind of one of those guys that is another wild card. So it's, I, my guess would be it would be one of those two, which with if you made me guess today which one, I'd say Sean Robinson. Now one name I do know from Missouri is the running back Larry Roundtree III, one of the better running backs in the SEC uh, two seasons ago, almost uh, 1,200, just over 1,200 yards. Last year, 800 yards rushing, nine touchdowns. Really, really solid player. And in a conference full of good running backs, he definitely stands out. Who does Missouri have besides him at the skill positions that you need to watch out for this year? 
Yeah, so Larry, Larry's a really important player on this team. Um, but the big thing is the offensive line in front of them, which I know isn't skill positions, but that was a big struggle last year. Those, the offensive line just really couldn't protect for the running back, uh, which would led to Roundtree's numbers dropping off significantly. And he didn't play as well as he wanted. Um, at running back, I think you're going to see there's a, a junior named Tyler Beatty who I think will pretty much split time with Larry. And he's going to be kind of a, a shiftier, speedier back that is more able to, to like operate in the pass game. He's a really effective player um, who had a really nice season last year, despite the team not not having a ton of success. So I think he'll be he'll be in there a lot, both to run and also because he's effective as a receiver. Um, I think you also might want to look out for Damon Hazelton Jr., who's a wide receiver graduate transfer from Virginia Tech. He was an all-ACC player the past two seasons uh, before deciding to transfer. He's dealt with some lingering injuries, or last year he did, um, but he's someone that Missouri desperately needs because last year they really, you could tell how much they needed a number one level receiver and they just didn't have it and the offense suffered because of it. So I think Hazleton is someone that in an ideal world for Missouri could fit in, be that top guy, kind of carry the load and then maybe um, open up draw some coverage away from some of those secondary receivers like Jalen Knox, who had a good freshman year, but regressed last year as a sophomore. Um, so I, Hazleton is, is a guy to watch. Um, he needs to evolve, like not dropping the ball is a big thing. He had a, a not great drop rate last year. So ideally for him, he would, he would have sorted that out, and then Missouri can have a good number one receiver. And so I, I'd say those are kind of – give you Beatty and Hazleton as skill position guys to look out aside from, from Roundtree. Kind of a big picture question for you. It wasn't all that long ago Missouri was playing in SEC title games. Um, of course, now with Eli Drinkwitz in, when if if things go as well as Missouri hopes with Eli Drinkwitz, like here here at Mississippi State, you know I, I think most people around Starkville would say the ceiling of this program is probably somewhere you know eight wins every year. Maybe you get a ten win season if everything just falls just right. That's kind of the what people would expect, uh, and then every now and then you drop down to six wins. But somewhere in that six to six to eight win range is probably a normal year in start. I guess I guess the big picture question I'm asking is for Missouri fans: What do they see as the ceiling of Missouri football? Obviously, not this year and year one under Eli Drinkwitz, but once he kind of gets his guys in and gets this thing up and rolling, what do you think the overall expectation of the program is? I think it's actually similar to Mississippi State in a lot of ways in that. You want, you want to be in that six to eight win range every single year, and then when things fall into place, you can go and maybe win 10 or more games. And I think Missouri has an inherent advantage over Mississippi State just playing in the SEC East instead of the SEC West. Um, so Missouri really, if Missouri is, for Missouri to be a contender in the SEC East and win the SEC East division like they did in 2013 and 2014, a few things need to happen. You need to recruit well. Um, and you need to hit on kind of some of these overlooked guys that maybe you're bringing in that are three-star, even two-star guys who maybe have potential that other schools didn't pick up on. Then you've got to win the close games, which Missouri really struggled to do under Barry Odom, and that's the reason why he, he lost his job. And then you also have to have a little bit of luck with that. In those two years that Missouri won the East, um, Georgia was not a powerhouse and Florida was not a powerhouse. And so now it's a little tougher because Florida and Georgia both seem to have coaches that are going to be there a long time and that are really good coaches. 
who seem to be bringing in top-level recruits every year, especially Kirby Smart at Georgia. Now, I think Missouri can, if things fall into place, have those 10-win seasons, and then maybe you sneak into the SEC title game, and then who knows what happens. I think that the key is to try and get to around eight wins every year, which is a tall ask, but if you can get into that range, then you're going to have seasons where maybe you steal a game against Florida, maybe steal a game against Georgia, and maybe things fall into place, and you have a season where you win the SEC Ryan Walters is a name that popped up on MSU's radar when, when State was looking for a defensive coordinator back in, in January. Obviously, he stayed at Missouri, you know, been working under Barry Odom, who's a defensive coach as well. What kind of defense is Missouri going to have this year? Just looking at, at this pro, way preliminary depth chart, it looks like they've got some experience coming back, but they don't have a, a whole lot of, of superstar names on this defense. Who, who are some guys to watch? Yeah, so Nick Bolton was an all-SEC linebacker last year and led the SEC in regular season tackles. Um, a guy from LSU passed him in the championship game, but LSU played, I think, three more games than Missouri did. So he's a legit player, and he he could potentially – he'll be a junior. I wouldn't be shocked if he's, if he's drafted after next year uh, if he doesn't come back to school uh, for his senior year. And he's, he, he has a knack for being in the right spot. He had a few interceptions last year. Um, was along with over 100 tackles. So he's kind of the anchor of the defense. Um, you've got a really good safety duo with Joshua Bledsoe and Tyree Gillespie, who are the deep safeties. And they are uh, – Barry Odom last year before the season said they have a chance to be two of the best safeties Mizzou's ever had. And I, I don't think he was wrong. I mean, I, Missouri doesn't have, like, some crazy history of strong safety or strong players who are safeties, but he – but those two are really good and could, could potentially have pro careers after, after this season. Um, the big question mark for me, well, I guess there's two, is one, the, the defensive backs, the cornerbacks, lose a lot of depth. They lose DeMarcus AC, who signed with the, the 49ers as a priority free agent, and they lose Christian Holmes, who's graduate, who's graduate transferred to Oklahoma State. So now you're looking at kind of a lot of, of limited depth, which if you're going up against a team like Mississippi State that's going to air the ball out with Mike Leach and KJ Costello, who knows if those guys are going to be able to stop them because they don't have experience. So they might surprise us. They have a good freshman recruit coming in who could get thrust into action pretty early, and they have a returning starter in Jarvis Ware. But those are that's kind of the area that Missouri's defense might struggle with because it's hard to map when you don't have good cornerbacks. Like, teams can pick on you. Um, and then I'd also say the defensive line. Missouri hasn't had a standout edge rusher um, in quite a few years. They, they really have needed the, that pressure from the, from the outside. And they have a good um, defensive tackle in Kobe Whiteside, who had six sacks last year, but he was also playing alongside an NFL defensive tackle in Jordan Elliott, who's now in the Cleveland Browns. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if maybe defenses can – can plan for Kobe a little more, and if he's able to have the same success as he did last year, now that maybe defenses are zoning in on him a little bit more. So I'd say those are it's a it's a defense that has a chance to be really solid, um, and the defense was not the problem last year, and Missouri has a lot of starters returning from it, so it should be interesting. And I think I think they should be decent on the defensive side of the ball. So when we look at this matchup, you just sort of hit on something there, you know, with Mississippi State switching to this air raid offense, looking to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. As we sit here, you know, obviously months away from kickoff, 
Do you, you see that as a problem for Missouri, that, that this kind of offense could be a, an issue for them? If you had to make a prediction right now, how, how do you, maybe not a score or anything like that, but how, how do you see this game sort of playing out? Yeah, that's tricky because it's just – it's honestly – I don't know if it's a problem. I would say it's a question just because Jarvis Wares, the returning cornerback, was solid as a sophomore last year. He wasn't perfect. He had some rough games. But is he ready to be the number one cornerback on an SEC team going up against SEC-level receivers, top receivers on opposing teams? And we don't know what they have in this freshman named Ennis Rakestraw. We don't know who they have, what they have in some of these returners. So I would say that definitely could be an issue. Um, but I, I think it's a little hard to project right now just because yeah. we don't know what. I mean, Mississippi State and Missouri are in the same boat offensively in that they they both are installing new systems with limited spring practices, and that's really difficult. So we'll we'll I, I would imagine Mississippi State will have it sorted out enough by the time they play Missouri. Um, but I, I think it, it's definitely a matchup to watch, especially on the um, I guess the passing game for Mississippi State, how they would be able to how, if Mike Leach is able to like bring in a system that can automatically just pick on the weakest parts of Missouri's defense, or if Missouri's cornerbacks, the young cornerbacks on the roster, step up and are ready to ready to get out. Really feels like the winner of this game will have an inside track to a pretty decent bowl, and the, and the loser of this game is going to be really pushing to try to make six wins. So it'll be a very important game in November when the uh, Tigers come to Starkville uh, for the first time ever uh, since uh, – I believe it's the first time ever, and it's definitely the first time since the, uh, the conference uh, welcomed Missouri to it. Peter Ball, thanks so much for joining us. You can catch his uh, work on The Athletic again if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic. It's Athletic Day here on, on Thunder and Lightning for some <laughs> odd reason. We've had you and, and John Machota from The Athletic on today. So thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.